Or her prayer scenes were also great. Oh, dude, I was having a great time with that one, too. Come on, Jesus, what the f***? (laughs) I was like, damn, man, that was my prayers like 10 years ago. Welcome to the What's Up Verdict Podcast. We fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Conner. I'm here with my co-host, Matt Heiner. Better red than dead. And Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in and joining us. We're, this intro thing's really weird when I'm just kind of talking, but I like it. Um, yeah, we're here to have a good time and review some movies because, you know, we try to help people decide whether they want to watch them or not. And uh, this week, we're reviewing The Black Phone. It was released June 24th, 2022. It was written by Joe Hill and Scott Derrickson. It was directed by Scott Derrickson. stars Mason Thames, Madeline McGraw, Miguel Cazarez Mora, Tristan Prevong, Brady Hepner, and Ethan Hawke. After being abducted by a child, kill- child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected phone from the killer's previous victims. If you haven't seen this movie and you want to avoid spoilers, now's the time to pause the podcast. Go pick up where you left off when you come back after watching the movie. Yes, Matt. I gotta say that synopsis was very spot on. Yeah, like that of all the ones we've heard. I gotta get if that's from IMDb. Like it they was. got that one right, like yeah. to the T. Yeah, they did pretty good on that one. It was impressive, guys. This movie was not what I thought it was gonna be in all the right ways. JJ, uh, can I just can I just start off with you? What what was the the brother's sister's name? Uh, oh, what was her name? The sister, I don't remember her sister, movie sister, name. Uh, Gwen Gwenny. Is she just like the sister you wish you always had? Because she is just awesome. Oh, dude. And if my sister's listening, Alicia, I love you. But yes, that would be hilarious because she cracked me up. Dude, when she she went off on the principal and the cops in that freaking (laughs) room, dude, I burst out laughing and I was like, get them. Uh, I just had to get that out of the way because I kept thinking, I was like, man, JJ's got it. I just in the movie, I was like, JJ's got to love this chick. Oh, yeah. She's like the coolest little girl ever. Absolutely. Yeah, the Madeline McGraw is the actress's name. She and killed it. Man, she needs to be in everything because she was amazing. Well, she should be in some comedies in the future where she just gets to play some outlandish like teenager and she'd kill it. Yeah, she does a lot of She's done a lot of stuff for her age. Like she's been she's in 27 movies already. Or and TV shows, so yeah, I've haven't been in one. Matt, me neither. Yeah, really cool. I really liked her, but this movie, as JJ was kind of saying, I don't think it was what anyone expected. The way it started out, I was like, okay, like happy movie, cool music. I'm going to school. Like, there's, I mean, maybe I just expected it to be down and dreary and dark immediately, but didn't start the way I thought it was going to. Yeah, same. I was wound so tight for this movie. I was in my seat like this, and it just never happened. I was waiting for the jump. I was Alec, for, for our jump. or our podcast listeners, you're in your seat like this. They don't. They can't see you. Describe this uh, like a coward, pretty much. <laughs> Tucked up with your yeah. hands under Tucked your chin, elbows, hands on the face, face, going, "Oh my gosh, what is it gonna happen?" Everybody around me knows giggling and laughing like a bunch of psychopaths. Yeah. Um, and I was like, where is it? When is it going to happen? And it never really did. So I spent the entirety of this movie tense for really no reason whatsoever. 
for our <laughs> listeners that are on our TikTok, there has been numerous posts about the countdown to Black Phone. Yeah. Alec has been wound up not for a day, like weeks, basically, in preparation for this show. And Ever since so, I agreed to it. And yeah. Alec, you kind of started talking about this. Like, give us your, you watched the movie, your expectations of what you thought this movie was going to be versus what it actually was. Because I think you're... If, there's probably many listeners like you out there that are on the fence about what is perceived to be horror versus maybe what this movie actually was. Yeah, so this wasn't horror to me. And I think I texted JJ this right mm-hmm. after seeing the film. Uh, and it might just be a personal preference, but the kind of, you know, kidnapping serial killer thing has never really scared me or been classified as horror unless there is a supernatural element involved with it. And I thought there would be far more supernatural uh, elements involved based on the previews with, you know, a phone that rings that is disconnected and everything. But I didn't get that. So I was sitting there and afterwards I was like, wow, I really like that. It was a great movie. I'd watch it again. Um, And I have never said that about any horror film ever. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the whole kind of kidnapping thing just doesn't uh, bother me at all. It's really the ghosts and the goblins and the demons. Just doing this in case anybody wants to kidnap me. I'm a psycho. So, wow, Are he's pouring Cholula. This is just just in case. What's okay, in that mug? Called, uh, you don't have to worry about it. Oh, okay. Water. Oh, just you know, uh, spice it up a little bit. You know, just trying okay. to make sure I cover all my bases. Nobody kidnap me. I'm crazy. I'll scratch you, your face. And he's now wow, drinking, he's drinking that. Cholula water freaking arizona i have to cover my bases it doesn't scare me but i gotta cover my bases okay so let me say this um to our listeners my my wife taylor is a therapist so she deals with the traumatic things and like some really bad things like they're just not it's yeah life hits her in that way but what's interesting about her is she loves true crime like loves true kind podcast, loves watching documentaries on that stuff. But the moment it's on like screen in a movie theater, it's just too real for her, according to her. And it, like, I don't quite understand it. She couldn't make it through this whole movie because it felt too real, like and took her back to her job and some of the stories that she's dealt with that weren't the same as this, but to an extent similar. And she's can handle it. And like it wasn't that it was overtly scary. It was just extremely uncomfortable. Uh, for her so I just thought it was funny to have those differing opinions but like for me this had a really good story like the plot overall that's what I think I'll take away from this the most like it was very interesting in the characters in this movie some of them you're only introduced to them for a couple of scenes like Robin for instance uh, the one that beat up the bully and or or Bruce the the kid that hit the baseball but in those small scenes on the phone everything like you you the, the connection that you felt instantly it was impressive that they were able to write that in and how integral the, they were to the scene. Even the, I don't remember the last kid they showed playing pinball. Uh, yeah. The one that just just wailed on a f- couple people in that little, like, what looked like a gas station or something. Like, all of them had yeah. an integral part to play. But, man, you really felt what they brought to this to the plot in their own personal story. And I think that's what carried this movie. Even the main characters really well acted to just the, the progression of the story. Even Ethan Hawke is the crazy serial killer. Like all of it. So impressive to the crazy brother with the cocaine, all that. Like I, and even the dad and understanding he wasn't just a jerk for jerk's sake. Like there was some real hurt behind that it all worked for me like i just thought it was a compelling story and then they threw in some elements of like suspense and horror that part of it i didn't 
quite understand, but I liked everyone so much that it still worked. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I think. I, I left and I was like, man, this is like a suspense movie with horror elements. Um, but only because of the kids, like the 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 black phone piece, which I guess is the I mean, it's the piece of the movie that gives it its name. Right. But then it's like it is the piece of move of the movie that moves this movie along and, and keeps it grounded in what it's trying to be. But at the same time, like I went in in this part of the reason I, want, I love horror movies, I'm I'm full on. I'll watch most of them no matter how bad they are, because I just enjoy that that gore and I like the jump scares and I just get a kick out of that stuff but when it has a great story like this one did man it's just even so much better so I was sitting there watching this movie going there's not and even for a Blumhouse movie so they they've become the new right now they're the they're the horror central I didn't know that yeah I don't watch horror movies so yeah Blumhouse is they they're they've kind of for like probably the last five or six years have been the the center of the horror world. Been remaking horror movies. Uh, they've been coming up with some interesting stories. Did like they make that the the two. They're two different seasons. The Blythe or the you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the, really the Haunting of Hill House and Bly yeah. House. No, they they weren't involved in that. But they did. So, but they've done some terrible movies too. Like they did that one that we did with Vince Vaughn. Where he's like the serial killer, oh, and the, so he did. Yeah. They they've done they've done some bad ones too, but like they've done Happy Death Day, the two Happy Death Day movies, and so they. But they've done some interesting. All of their movies tend to be very different than what you're used to with a horror movie, but this one, this one's like an art house film. Like this is like an interesting storyline, great cinematography. Like it was creepy and intense to the point that there was only two jump scares. One of them got me and one of them didn't. And then one of and it was vice versa for Casey. So the one where you first see, I think it's Billy, the first kid where he's got the slice in his face and mm. They, they starts talking and then it, the camera just moves and you're like, oh my God, like kind of startled because there's this kid. The one that got me was when the sister's riding the bike in the rain uh. and the kids all are lined up and it, it has this big strike of lightning and thunder. And I'm like, oh my, I, I mean, I jumped pretty good. Like it got me pretty good. The people behind me in the theater I was in, like this lady just out loud was just like yelled, yelped <laughs> through the whole theater. And her boyfriend was like, Babe, like, and I just started laughing because it was so, it was like so loud. Just like everyone heard it. We all kind of looked back and it was, the other one, actually the one that kind of got me a little bit, I didn't necessarily jump was the boy that was hanging inverted. Mm -hmm. That one was the one that I guess got me a little, little startled. Uh, That's the one that hit me. Yeah. That one I was going to say, they probably all got out for me. That one was great because it was like, it was appalling to me. Like when you turn around and he's like upside down and bleeding and like just points at the phone. Yeah. Like my stomach kind of turned. I'm like, Ooh, see, this is that creepy, like not necessarily for me, jumpy, but creepy that I'm like, I feel like my skin starts to crawl. So that's how I know if, and this is why I like the haunting of Hill house. And the haunting of Bly Manor, because not only do they have some good jump scares, but they make me uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which I enjoy. And this movie made me very uncomfortable in a number of ways, but in for me, great ways. Like for it was exactly what I wanted. They showed there it was incredibly violent in ways that I wasn't uh, expecting. Like when Robin beats the living hell out of the bully, and then when the sister comes and just 
clocks oh. that kid in the head with the rock and the blood's just pouring down his what face. What did you say? Like, you mother-effing cocksucker just yeah, like, him? Seriously. I was like, I didn't think she could get more mouthy than she did with the police and the principal. That was I my... know she made you proud. I know you oh, smiled, JJ. Dude, I raised my hands at one point. Like, when she went off on the principal and the cops, like, what was it? She Something like, you motherfucking piece of shit fart knockers like i was like my hands went up in the air i was like that was the greatest 1978 line from a teenage girl or preteen oh, girl great. or her prayer scenes were also great oh dude i was having a great time with that one too come on jesus what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> Like, I was like, damn, man, that was my prayers like 10 years ago. <laughs> what the fuck's going on here? No, yeah, like uh, I loved it. Had a great time. But yeah, I mean, it, it's an interesting this story. Sh- this show, like for me, what I really liked is whenever, um, what's the main character's name? Finn. 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 Finn, that's right, Finny. Uh, whenever Finn or Finny picked up the phone and the camera's on, like, on the wall as he was talking, you always just had that sense of is the... Uh, I don't know what Ethan Hawke's actual... The grabber, there we go. I think that's all we got. Is the grabber already in the room? Is the grabber coming down the stairs? Is the... Or, or was it, is another one of these boys going to show up uh, unannounced in a way that I'm not expecting? And they did a really good job uh, with that tension. But I think the other thing they did well with is we've all, to an extent, whether we listen to documentaries or, or watch documentaries, listen to podcasts, we've all heard we, so many serial killers in the 70s and early to mid 80s. It was like the, the age of serial killerism mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it, just because cell phones didn't exist, law enforcement didn't have the capabilities and connections that they do now. And I thought the show just did a really good job of showing probably what it was unfortunately like for someone to be in that situation, minus the the phone part, because obviously that's not real. But a lot of it, the desperation, trying to find things in your surroundings to get out, all that was so believable. And even if they took out those elements of it was just this boy in this basement trying to survive, I think to an extent it probably still could have worked standalone. Now, uh, the phone part was great and we needed that because it brought in those elements of horror and very much appreciated it. But I, I still think at its core, this film showed Unfortunately, what it could have been like to be a boy that was abducted by a serial killer and go through that. And I was very impressed. Yeah. I think what got me the most is, and as we know, I'm pretty good usually at picking up on clues for things. Like, I kept getting frustrated because every boy, it was like they were trying to help him get out. But every time they gave him a solution that was so flawed and there was no way it was going to work that I'm like, what the is going on but in reality one yeah like the freezer one and the window one i was like okay so you climb up there then what like what do you do once you're like because you even if you get that grate off and unlock the window you have nothing to stand on and that rope's not going to keep you up there long enough like i was so i was like what is happening right now that and then the digging the hole really like come on you're gonna dig a hole and climb out of the building through the because once you get underneath it you're gonna have to go all the way underneath the foundations that's a deep ass hole and he's not getting there so it was really interesting to me like because i was like why are we what is going on and then of course the payoff at the end is that they weren't trying to help him necessarily escape their goal was to kill this dude and have him do it and i loved that i was like it's a fucking revenge movie for ghosts and i thought that was the coolest part like and then when they at the end on that last moment with the phone where they're talking to him he puts the phone to his ear and they're going through all the lines that they went through with with uh, finney man the writing in this movie was 
pretty spot on and it, it the payoff is just it's great i thought it was fantastic what did what did both of you think about because apparently the grabber could hear the phone we heard that line but he was in denial about it so what does that say about finney being a, obviously finney's family with his sister because of their mom seems to have some connection to the supernatural so i was trying to figure out is finney slightly crazy or was it the supernatural but then what does that make the grabber i was just trying to kind of piece that together I'm curious to hear you guys' thoughts on that I went classic. He was abused like Finn was because um, he talked about like it hasn't worked since I was down here type of a thing. Mm. So I was pretty sure he just got locked in the basement as a kid. That would um, make sense. It also would explain his fascination with the Naughty Boy game mm-hmm. um, as well as the, you know, kind of scene where, hey, if you just tell me your name type of thing, I'll let you go. Uh, why'd you lie type of a thing? Yeah. Uh, so it all plays off at least for me i was like he was probably abused as a kid yeah uh, and that's where their connection is makes sense I, I did like to tie in with the mom like and i like that they didn't give you every bit of information right like they just give you enough to explain why the little sister has dreams why finney can probably hear the phone ring and be able to talk to these kids and then yeah like you said and then they just leave you to figure out the rest of it but it explains enough like sometimes movies like this and whether they're horror or not but when they've got all these big overarching underlying themes that are like explaining certain parts of it they sometimes and a lot of times over explain and then this is a great example to writers out there that you don't need to i don't need it explained to me down to the the macro level just give it to me enough that i go okay that makes enough sense for me to put up my suspension of disbelief and then enjoy what you're showing me yeah because the moment you over explain to what you think is sufficient you leave the door wide open for us to say well you gave me enough to really give me a theory now i'm gonna be you said it jj people pick that stuff apart yeah and that's the problem with a lot of whether it's marvel or star wars or horror movies like once you give too much then then you get the floodgates are open you can't really return but viewers know like we're (laughs) we're watching stuff with ghosts and supernatural like we all know whether it's real or not in this world like no one has the answers so don't try to give it to me because your answer is probably not right yeah because i think they did like if they had if they had the grabber say more about the phone or someone then i would have been like well it's disconnected it doesn't work and the phone expands and bigger and smaller people could tell like it would have been very confused but they didn't do that and then it rang in a rain game he picked it up and someone talked and i was like oh shoot it's one of the boys that's dead that's really creepy but very cool let's keep going yeah yeah i liked it i also like the concept where the previous victims forgot everything except like mm-hmm. one simple line he's talking he's like i don't remember my name he was first talking to bruce i don't remember my name um it's the first thing that you lose type of a thing and then and there's always like a little tie-in because finn has you know seen the posters and we get that earlier in the film where he's walking by he's like that's a new one he knows these guys whether he knew them before they were taken uh, doesn't matter he's seen their poster he knows about them he knows uh, what they liked and didn't like and so he has a tie into every single one of the other victims yeah maybe think of a little bit of like sixth sense Mm -hmm. um where he 
was almost in a way a part of what well, he was a part of their healing or their revenge tour, whatever you want to call it. And especially that kid at the end, I want to, I want to say, well, I don't know the last kid's name, the one, the, the punk rocker, um, where he's like, we're not doing it for you. Like he's yeah. like, like F that guy that you could just feel the rage. Yeah. Um, but maybe like Robin was wanting it to, to do it for, uh, to save Finn, but each had their own levels of motivation, but it's just such a, an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. To, to, to have it all work and I'd like that they had it be Robin uh, was like one of the last ones that he spoke with just because it was a more of an emotional tie-in for sure yeah quick step back step forward step back mm-hmm. step forward and swing yeah could you pack a phone receiver like because I, I mean uh-huh. I, I've held a phone very similar to that but not that old school and I mean I what I know about electronics is like the, most of that phone wouldn't have anything in it necessarily and I know they wouldn't make it rock solid because that would just be a waste of money and materials that they could save costs and so I'm assuming that you could have done that with a phone like that but oh, yeah. my guess is JJ being our senior citizen here that you may have <laughs> literally held, <laughs> held a phone like that uh, yep I've held many a phone like that those uh the uh, rotary phones we used to have one when I was a kid and the phone itself was heavy as hell like where the the rotary piece is but the the handset was actually really light and they're hollow most of the time mm-hmm. um except for on the mouthpiece and the earpiece there's like a yeah you got like your little, little speaker. speaker and then like a microphone piece that there's some and they're wired together through the back of it so if you were to get in there and pull the guts out of it you could absolutely fill it full of dirt because it'd be hollow for the most part you just have to pull out the the couple of internal workings and it's not hard to do that so yeah absolutely you could do that so i was like that's a great weapon i mean you make that thing solid enough and yeah very it's pretty ingenious to do that and then especially with the grate turning it on its side like wave the way the grabber fell like dude you totally would have twisted your ankle horribly or broken oh, yeah. it knowing how far he fell in like it was all legit like i was like okay like that works. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, like I said, I kind of to retouch on it. That's what interested me the most because they kept me twisted on, oh, he's going to dig his way out. Oh, he's going to climb out the window. Oh, he's going to go through this freezer. When in reality, all they were doing was setting him up to be able to win this the final battle. Got the, the combination. Oh, yeah. The combination. Out. He freaked yeah, out. It's true. But knowing that he was going to get caught, because again, it's like a Leia situation, right? There's no way he's getting away from this dude that's got a van. And that was a pretty intense part when he's laying there he's like i'll gut you like a pig if you make a noise and i'll strangle you with your own intestines yeah that dude was fucked up (laughs) and then like the street lights because that's exactly like i was having flashbacks to the 80s like if you were out making too much noise at night that's what would happen you'd see porch lights come on and you take off running you're like shit the adults are coming outside because we made too much noise so it was really interesting to watch that play out and go oh yeah that's legit and i love that it was in the 70s because you couldn't have done that today like that movie this movie doesn't work in modern day um well isn't that the great thing though like most serial killers like a lot of what we hear about it was all around that time period where i'm sure unfortunately a lot of that stuff is still happening but not it doesn't seem like it could happen in the way that it did back then where you could just get away with people disappearing bodies being buried there's just too many ways for those things at least in a neighborhood setting for someone to get caught like that but back then totally different 
Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, I loved it. I loved the way that they played it out to where these kids were, where he thought they were trying to help. Because that's that was the other frustrating from his perspective. I was like, man, that's got to be so irritating. Because every time he, he gets his hopes up thinking these kids are telling him how to save himself immediately, right? But it's the long game and it's the setup for it. This is how this is going to work. But I did love, too, when he's got this phone cord wrapped around. And that moment when he saw, here's where I can wrap this cord around this dude's neck. And then his arms mint and he just crack off. Oh. As unrealistic as that was for that kid to snap that dude's neck with a cell with a phone cord, I loved every second of it. Yeah, not believable, but very cool. Yeah, great moment, great moment. And that poor kid. Like the other thing I think about too, and and I'm sure Taylor probably thought about this, but even though she didn't make it that far into the movie, like the trauma that the the sister and the brother, because like they don't, oh. it feels like they end in a happy way, right? But this kid just killed someone. After talking to a handful of dead kids and ghosts that help him, the sister has visions that are very similar and dreams that to her mother that obviously killed herself, we find out. And so I don't think the future is as bright for these kids as we think at the end of this movie when you start to think about where they're headed. There's trauma for this kid that's going to play out. And then and now he's so overly confident in himself because he's learned how to fight and he's learned. I mean, if he gets through this, what else can and these bullies aren't going to mess with him? Like, I love the moment when he walks by him no. and they all kind of like and he just smirks a little as he walks by like yeah do it dude i watched a dude put an axe in his brother's head i don't give a shit about you <laughs> but and then he sits down with gets and like works on getting the girl or whatever but i mean i don't think there's a happy ending for these people at the end of it all if you in the future no and i don't think that girl is gonna sit down and be his lab partner and just be as cool as she was about it maybe maybe but i'm like yeah Kids are weird, though. Yeah, they are weird. Yeah. One of my only complaints about this movie, though, was why couldn't they add a better CGI budget for, like, the one scene they needed CGI to work in there? I'm talking about the axe murder scene. Yeah. The the brother, like, if you're not going to be able to pay for something that's going to look at the way I need it to, why not just have it go in, like, his back or his shoulder where it can still be gruesome but doesn't have to... Like, it didn't look horrible, but it that was the only thing that just felt slightly out of place and force because oh, it's a horror movie we need to have a crazy shocking death but it didn't it was poorly delivered yeah in my opinion no i agree and i i laughed because and i leaned over at casey i was like why wouldn't they do that practically because horror movies have been doing far more gruesome and gory things practically and making it look pretty good for mm-hmm. years i and that's the only real practical effect you would have need to have done i i just don't understand why don't you don't put a pop pack and a fake axe in this dude's head like it can't be that complex to make it look a little more realistic but i mean it's a two second snippet in a movie so maybe that's what it had to do with but i'm with you i think they could have really done a lot better with that particular piece but i did like that brother though when he found out on cocaine yeah shit was great oh wait is this my place kind of turns his head (laughs) I laughed when the cops came to the house and they're like, I want to clean up before your brother gets home. He's Oh, stupid. <laughs> the lines of Coke were laying on the coffee table. It was a good movie, guys. Like, I'm impressed at how good this movie was. Like, even to the point that Casey hates horror movies and she went, well, I was surprised she went and watched it with me, but she left. She goes, that was a really good movie. Yeah. What was up with his, the different faces? Do you think that resolved trauma that he went through, like as Alec was describing before? I mean, it was interesting to see because uh, I think there was a few that we saw. Yeah, there was the big smiley one. There's the no mouth. And then there's the the frowny one. And I, for me, it was the, 
the different personalities that went right. So he came down and he was introducing and trying to be friendly and kind of earn the kids trust, I guess, in a way. So, and you know, he would always tell him, I might've let you, I might let you go or whatever. And he's got the smiley face on when he's doing that. And then in the first time you see him with the mask, full mask, when he introduced it, he doesn't have anything on. So it's kind of blank. The kid doesn't know what's going on. Then we see the nice version of him. And then every time he sets him up to fail, he's got the frowny face on. Even with the newspaper, he was covering his face so you couldn't see it. Or with the, the food or something, I don't remember what it was. But you couldn't tell it was the frowny face until after he lied to him about his name. So it was always the frowny face when he was expecting to do the naughty boy situation and it was the smiley face when he was trying to earn his trust and then it was blank at the beginning because you just didn't know what was going on that's how i interpreted yeah. the masks but what about when at the end when the his mask was taken off by finney in the the scuffle and obviously there's a clear freak out was that i was trying to figure out like what why the freak out like he the he put the mask on to to be the monster that he wanted to be but then when it was taken off then he was afraid of himself or something. A lot of times it's a persona thing. So they're um, serial killers. And this is my obsession with serial killers and things like that is I've read a lot of times there's two different people. And that's why you hear a lot of serial killers are like, oh, man, I had no idea he was the nicest guy at the job and whatnot, but they have a persona. And so I think that's the way they were portraying his persona. Like there's and to Alex point, there's probably some serious unresolved trauma from being abused as a child um if that's the case that's what they pointed to i feel the same way i like that they pointed to that and that persona probably comes from maybe having the mask on makes him feel like his abuser that did the similar torture tactics of naughty boy you were naughty i'm gonna beat the shit out of you that and so by taking that off that persona goes away in that in a in the mind that's broken that way so that's why the freak out, because now his power's gone. So, yeah. The music was also very good. Dude. And this movie, especially the beginning when they were doing like the opening credit scenes and everything. Like, I don't even know if you could, I mean, it was music, but it was just that, man, that eerie, mm -hmm. like you could make anything be creepy with that type of music. Yeah. But they did a really good job with that as well. Yeah, I thought the same thing. In fact, I thought of you in the in the beginning of the movie when the music's going. I was like, "Ooh, Matson's going to talk about the movie, music in this movie." It was so good. It, it, was it took great. you right there. Yeah, because but they did that at those opening credits, and then they went right into like happy go lucky, like we're in mm -hmm. school, we're playing baseball. But that just shows you the power of. And I guess I always talk about this, so that uh, kudos to you for thinking because I always pick up on this stuff. But power to just m music and sounds, you can really make people feel however you want them to based off what you're putting on screen even with dialogue like you could mm -hmm. make a very happy conversation feel creepy or awkward to an extent by some of the music that you put on there absolutely no i've always agreed with you music is to me movies and television does music does not get enough credit because in my opinion it is one of the most important aspects of film because it changes the way you feel during a movie or the absence of music oh, like that place yeah or even interstellar has moments where they do it really well where there's no sound and no music mm -hmm. yeah but you got to have the good music for that silence because i've seen movies too where the the soundtrack or the score wasn't impressive and then they try that silent moment and it doesn't work as well but man, when music's good or the audio's great and the sound, not just the music, but the sound itself is really good. And then they have that silent moment like you talk. It's so awkward and uncomfortable. So I, I'm with you. I, I think sound guys should get way more credit than they do from the general 
yeah. movie watching world. So I always love it. That's why I love it when you bring it up, Madsen, because I agree with you. Music, that's always one of yeah. the first things I notice with movies and shows. Honestly, I don't have a, I feel like we've said a lot of things. I don't, my only real criticism was that CGI. I don't know if anyone else said anything they wanted to bring, because overall I got a very good movie. I was pleasantly surprised. I hope Finn continues to develop his uh, pitching because the slider that he threw to Bruce, the movement on that from a 10-year-old picture is insane. This dude needs a contract with MLB. Get this man on the Yankees. Yeah, Um, yeah, it just opened up, and I was sitting there going, whoa. Yeah, well, and the heat the dude had, too. Like I was like, this kid's a 13-year-old. Shut up. He threw like a freaking, I was like, damn, that ball's got some heat. <laughs> Looking like Greg Maddox out here moving east to west on the plate. Yep. Jeez. Yeah, it was, uh, I laughed. It was pretty funny. Yeah, I, what a great movie. Should we rate it? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. I'll kick it off. Um, this was not the movie I expected. Like, I've been looking forward to this horror movie because I thought it was going to have some great horror, great scares, great jump, great gore. It was very little of any of that, but it was a great, great story. And it was well-filmed movie. It was interesting. The characters were good. We didn't talk enough about Ethan Hawke as a creepy-ass child kidnapping serial killer because he was creepy and he was ripped. Like, yeah. he's sitting in that chair. I was like, holy shit, he's huge. So... Ethan Hawke still continues to be on point this year with everything he's doing. Even the weird-ass Viking movie, he was a great part of it for the little bit he was in it. So kudos to Ethan Hawke. Very impressed. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I will definitely watch it again because I think there's a lot of things to pick up on that you probably miss. It, the timing's great. It's, it's a relatively short movie, under two hours long. So for it to accomplish what it does in an hour and 45 minutes shows that we don't need two-and-a-half-hour movies to have great movies in every situation they have their place but this movie did a lot with very little i thoroughly enjoyed it i'm gonna give it a four and a half if i had one criticism um i would have liked to know a little bit more detail about maybe like the mom and their back but i don't need it i just think i would have liked it that's the only other thing but and then the cgi was a little funky in that kill moment and then the cops did so why are the cops going to this little girl and just relying completely on her for to solve this case because it feels like they weren't doing any she work knew about the balloons i Jake. know right they didn't release those details this is 1978 yeah. exactly so those <laughs> those were a couple of my little grievances but they're nitpicky at best i i, I yeah four and a half for me this is a great movie you should go watch it alec I love how JJ goes first on the really good movies, Matt. Have you ever noticed that? <laughs> and he makes us go first on the crummy ones. Um, I was really, I really enjoyed this movie, and I hate horror films. I've told my story about paranormal activity. I have stories about The Hills Have Eyes and everything else in between. Um, this movie, I was expecting to have a story, and I don't. Um, I do have a fan theory, though. Mm. Uh, Corporal Upham gets home from Germany after fighting in World War II, finds a nice girl, settles down, has a couple of kids, doesn't realize uh, his wife has uh, visions and dreams. She ends up killing himself. He has flashbacks from PTSD during World War II, drinks himself into a hole, starts abusing his children, and becomes the worst father of the year. Fan theory. Anyway. Jeremy uh, Davies, good catch on that one. Uh, so that was fun. 
but I'm going to go four and a half as well. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie and I was shocked. I had seen the previews. You guys have seen the countdown I was doing. I was scared stiff going into this film. It got to the point where we were recording Obi-Wan before I got to go, before I went to go see this and I was sweating. I was like, oh, geez, we got to go. And I was texting JJ. I was like, you know, I could be five minutes late. And then the realization hit me. If I'm five minutes late to this film, I'm going to have to walk to my seat with my back turned to the screen in a dark room. Um, and I said the back for horror movies. I got to get your back up against a wall. That's rule number one. And the, the scariest part of this film for me was when the usher at the theater walked up the stairs to the back of the theater and turned around and looked at me while she was doing the count. That's funny. I was sitting there like, what I are thought, you doing? I thought for sure you were going to say the scariest part of the movie was the smile trailer before it. Um, yeah, I didn't watch it because you made me watch it earlier. So I looked up, I saw it, and I was like, nope, texting JJ. <laughs> yeah, I will not be watching that movie, JJ. That's uh, funny. Uh, but yeah, four and a half, great movie. I enjoyed uh, pretty much every bit of it. It was great storytelling and just phenomenal. Love it. All right, Mattson, finish this up here. Yeah, four and a half for me as well. I think the only... JJ kind of said it. CGI, um, the cops, kind of just like worst detectives out there, to be honest. Just to, like, this movie's close to a five. I mean, I'm looking for like the smallest reasons for it not to be a five. And maybe, maybe there's a world where it should be. Because, man, I mean... This is a great movie. We've already said it. I don't need to reiterate everything that I said. Like, if you're looking for a movie that you want a, a couple potential jump scares that keeps you kind of on edge, which it does, but it's a very good movie, this is that movie. I don't necessarily think you need to go to theaters to experience it. Like, if, when, when it comes out or whatever it's on that's streaming, like, it's a good one to get together with your friends, your girlfriend, your wife. You want to have a little bit of a, a different evening and, and, and curl up next to each other, like, it's a great movie. And you're going to walk away being like, really compelling story. Solid 4.5. Really good movie. Absolutely. Strong showing for the black phone. Four and a half across the board. I love it. Um, I love when I accidentally pick a great movie to watch to scare f- for the sole purpose of having Alec shit yeah, himself. You, like, didn't give, you didn't give what you wanted at all. No, I didn't. It, no, but no, it, it, I watched a horror movie. It's true. And it, and it turned out better than I anticipated because it was actually a good movie. A really great movie. And I will say that I know Taylor's been busting my ass about it, me being my fault that she watched it. I do want to transfer blame to Alec because I had given up hope on this being on the podcast until Ethan Hawke shows up in everything we're reviewing for a while. And Alec goes, okay, I want to watch this because of <laughs> Ethan Hawke. And I quickly agreed. And so it's actually Alec's fault that Taylor had to watch this movie, not mine. Oh, man. Alec taking notes on his his next J.J. Rose for TikTok. Come check it out. Yeah. No, I'll take the blame for that. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had completely given up that we were going to review that. Wasn't even on my list, and then Alec brought it up, and I latched onto that shit real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm glad I did. So, turned out real good. I'm glad you did, too. And didn't huh. let me wheeze my way out of it. Yeah, exactly. All right, Matson, tell everybody where they can find us. Yeah, if you want to come listen to us, uh, you can find us wherever good podcasts can be found at What's Our Verdict Reviews. Um, and if you want to check us out more on the social media front, as aforementioned, find us on TikTok for all of our great videos coming from yours truly being Alec at uh, What's Our Verdict. Uh, and then you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to kind of see what's dropping or what will drop. Uh, but we are around and, and come give us a look. Leave us a, uh, a comment if there's something you want us to, to watch as we're going to start doing that here in the next couple of months as well. 
We love the paved service to our fans. And then don't forget to hit that follow, like, or subscribe button on however you are listening to us. And we do have a lot of our um, videos up on, on YouTube as well, if that's easier for you to find us there too. Perfect. Thanks, Matson. There it is. Go check out Black Phone. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Cinematic out.